young lady, passed away last night. Lord, we just lift that entire family up to you. Uh, we ask for the comforter, uh, the peacekeeper, the Holy Spirit, Lord, to be very real, very present. We ask that He come and just be in their lives and God, give them comfort and peace like only we can. God, there are people in our midst that know the peace, they know who she is, and Lord, they're heartbroken right now. And Lord, I lift them up to you as well. Friends that are here, or the maybe classmates that are here, Lord, I just pray for each and every one of these that you mend their hearts, Lord, that you heal them and comfort them this time. Lord, we love you. We are so incredibly grateful for this word that you give us that comforts us like nothing else can. So, Lord, I pray now that as we study your word, that the comforter would be very real and very present. Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing our study the second week in a row about the Holy Spirit. We talked about the fact that leading up to this, that Jesus was crucified, Jesus died. We talked about the crucifixion and the resurrection on Easter Sunday. We talked about last week how after Jesus had ascended back to heaven, his disciples, most likely, were a little disheartened and kind of like, what do we do now? What's the next step for us? And Jesus told them, he said, go, just, just wait, because I'm going to send the comforter to you. Just wait and be patient, and you go, and you pray together, and you wait on me. So that's what they did. They didn't know what else to do, so they got together, and they prayed, and they worshiped Jesus, and all of a sudden, uh, the comforter comes, the Holy Spirit descends on them, and we talked about what that looked like and how it must have been just shocking to them to see the Holy Spirit come in physical form and, and lay on each and every one of them, like a tongue of fire, laid on each and every one of them, and they were able to actually see the Holy Spirit descend on them, and that must have been mind-blowing for these guys. So then what happens beyond that is they start talking in tongues of these, I mean, it lists the names of the different tribes of people that were there, and, and they were able to speak to these people and, and be able to talk in their own native language. And, and people were like, what is going on here? We don't understand what is happening. And some people say, well, well, maybe what's going on is these guys are drunk. Maybe these guys are just speaking gibberish, and, and maybe what is going on here is just, these guys are just drunk. And we even talked about last week how sometimes when the Holy Spirit comes over somebody, they almost seem drunk because they are not themselves. Uh, they're under the influence of something else when you see somebody that has been indwelt by the Holy Spirit and they begin to act different. They begin to look different in a lot of ways. Uh, there have been some people that I've talked to that, I mean, it is like all of a sudden when the Holy Spirit descended upon them and they put their life in Jesus' hands and they allowed themselves to be transformed by Jesus, they almost like got smarter all of a sudden. Uh, you probably experienced that in your life, man. You, you talk to somebody that all of a sudden has, has put their life in Christ's hands, and all of a sudden things seem different in that person. They almost seem smarter. And it's a phenomenal thing that the Holy Spirit can do in and through you. We talked about the fact that when the Holy Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit has been here since the beginning. We talked about Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, how it says that the, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters of the deep. And the Holy Spirit has been here. He, he's doing things and, and trying to convict people and show them things and, and, and mold their hearts and like draw them to Jesus and all of these things. And when you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes and indwells inside of you. He comes to live inside of you. And we talked about maybe the purpose of that 
is so that his Holy Spirit comes to live within you so that you can be a tool used by God to bring other people to Jesus Christ. So that when tragedy strikes in your life, when things happen in your life, and you all of a sudden look different than everybody else, when tragedy comes, it's a testimony to what Jesus Christ can do in people's lives if they put their faith and trust in him. And maybe that's the reason when the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us, we're able to say things that we don't really even understand. We're able to talk to people about the love of Christ, and we're able to, to talk to them in a way that we're like, man, this is not me talking. This has got to be God talking. Jesus told them before he left, he said, you know what's going to happen when the Spirit comes, man? He, you don't worry about what you're going to have to say. The Holy Spirit will speak for you. He'll give you exactly what you need to say. And you don't need to be worried about it when, you go and, when you're tried in front of these, these Pharisees. And we'll talk about that in the coming weeks about what happens when Peter and John have to go in front of the, the, the Pharisees because they're on trial for talking about Jesus. Jesus said, don't worry about it. When the Spirit comes, when He comes to live inside, you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. The Spirit is going to give you the words that you need to say. And I'm telling you, in your life, when Jesus Christ comes to dwell within you through the power of His Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, you're able to do supernatural things that you can't do on your own. And we see that in these guys. As a matter of fact, we see them talking in languages. They don't even know themselves. People are looking, they're like, man, these are Galileans. They don't know how to speak all these languages. What is going on here? And somebody says, well, they're probably just drunk. Well, something happens today. We're going to talk about what happens today. What what one guy did in response to what they were saying, what one guy decided to do because of what God was trying to do in that place, and he uses us. And this one guy did something. And we're going to talk about what he did in Acts chapter 2, beginning, beginning in verse 14, it says this. We'll back up one verse and say, But the others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, They're just drunk, that's all. Beginning in verse 14, it says this, and Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. Now understand it says 11 other ones because they've got a guy to replace Judas, and, and now there's 12 of them. And here it says that Peter stepped forward with the other 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully. My advice to you today, if you are not a Christian, if you are not a follower of Jesus Christ, is to listen carefully. God is speaking to you. God wants to say something to you through the power of His Holy Spirit. And I would tell you to listen carefully. All of you, fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem, make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Now what you see is what was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. I'm going to tell you what he says and how he recites the prophet Joel in just a second. But I want you to see something here. As a man that stood up, he went forward. The other 11 stood up with him. But there was a man that stood up, and his name was Peter. Now, this was a man who Jesus told him at the Last Supper, said, what's going to happen? Because Jesus said, i got to die. And, and Peter's like, no, it's not going to happen. Not on my watch, Jesus. You're not going to die. I'm going to defend you, and I'm going to be right there beside you. Nothing's going to happen to you. Don't worry about it, Jesus. I'm your man. Don't worry about it. And Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, I'm telling you, before the rooster crows, before the next morning, you are going to deny me three times. You're going to deny that you ever knew me. You're going to deny that you're even one of my disciples. You're going to deny me. 
And sure enough, because Jesus knows everything, it's exactly what happened. And Peter, he was even confronted by a little servant girl, and she said, Oh, wait a second, I know you. You're one of those Jesus followers. You're one of those guys that walks around with Jesus when he's teaching all this stuff. You're one of them. I recognize your accent. You're a Galilean. Well, now people are recognizing the fact that he's a Galilean, but he's got a different accent. He's got a, a Jesus accent now. He's got a Holy Spirit accent, and they're recognizing that because he's able to, to say things in different languages that he doesn't understand. Yes, indeed, as a matter of fact, he is a Galilean, and because people recognize that, they can see the power of God in him. So here we see Peter. I, I think Peter just got fed up. I, I mean, I want you to understand that the message today is the fact that what, what these guys are putting on the line on this particular day. This is just a few weeks after Jesus had ascended back to heaven. And I want you to understand what these guys are, are putting on the line here. They, were, they, they saw Jesus on the cross. They saw him uh, have the flesh ripped off his body. They saw how he was punched in the face. They saw the crown of thorns on his head. They saw the beard plucked from his face. They saw what he endured. They saw all of that, and they knew that if I profess Jesus Christ as Lord, if I say to everybody else, yes, indeed, I am one of these followers, the very same thing could happen to me. It could cost me everything to say that, yes, I am a follower of Jesus. And here's these people saying, these guys are just drunk. What's this going on here? These guys are just drunk. And Peter says, that's not what's going on. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning, and that's huge. We don't... We don't eat or drink before 9 o'clock in the morning. That's the time for fasting. That's the time for prayer or quiet time leading up to, uh, to us getting ready for the day. So we don't eat or drink anything before 9 a.m. just like the rest of you Jews. He says, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. These guys aren't drunk. Do you realize how big of a deal this is? Do you realize how supernatural this must be for somebody to say, you know what? My life doesn't matter anymore. I don't care about me. I don't care if they crucify me. I don't care if they, 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 they rip the flesh off my bones. I don't care. I am so committed to Jesus Christ and what I've experienced through God that it doesn't matter what happens to me. Now, I, I see a lot of Christians, they, they, they're afraid to talk about Jesus. They're, they're, they're afraid to, for people to know that they're a Christian. They're, they're afraid that, man, if, I, if people know that I'm really a sold-out follower of Jesus Christ, it could hurt my business. Friends in school are going to think I'm a Jesus freak and they won't hang out around me. I'll be isolated. I'll be alone. Uh, there will be people that will make fun of me at work, I, at school. I don't really want that. I want you to understand how big of a deal it was for Peter. He, he's not worried about being an outcast. He's worried about being hung on the cross. He's worried about the fact that when he says this stuff, they will kill him. They will kill him. That's what the gospel is. In case you were wondering, this is not about, oh, uh, I just need to say something and, and pray and then it's good. No, I mean that you've got me so sold out to Jesus and so committed to telling people that you are a follower to Jesus that you're willing to die. And we don't see many people like that today. But we don't see many people that are willing to make that kind of Jesus commitment. But that is exactly what is going on here. Let me tell you something. You don't make that kind of commitment to following Jesus apart from his Holy Spirit. 
Only his Holy Spirit dwelling within you can make you go, yes, indeed, I will stand up when nobody else will stand up. I will be the man, I will be the woman that will stand up and say, this is what's going on here. This is a movement of God. There are so many people, so many people that just want to say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Yeah, I'm Jesus. I love Jesus. You know what we should be doing? We should be screaming from the rooftops. We should be going. There is a supernatural work of God happening in my life, and it's because of Jesus Christ. The reason you see a difference in me is not because of anything I've done, but because of everything that he has done. We had one of our college students, and she, she put this on Twitter, and almost see it shamelessly from her. She said, the reason, she said, we got so many washed-out Christians. It's because we're selling them a watered-down gospel. I said, that's pretty good. We got so many washed-out Christians. We're trying to convince them. We're trying to convince the world that he's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth it no matter if, you, if I try to convince you of it or not. He's worth it. I don't need to sell you some kind of watered-down gospel. I'm telling you, he's worth that. He is. He just is. The Holy Spirit is what convicts you of that and shows you that. The Holy Spirit is what makes you stand up on a day when nobody else will stand up and say, yes, the reason this is happening is not because of anything but because of God. And here Peter stands up. Oh my goodness. I mean, we ask people to stand up in here. And I'm going to give you a chance to stand up in here. Some of you folks that are scared to death today, because you know the Holy Spirit of God is moving in your heart, I'm going to give you a chance to stand up with it. This man stood up. This man stood up and it was going to cost him his life. As a matter of fact, it did cost him his life, and he was crucified. And he said, don't crucify me like my Savior. You go crucify me upside down, because I'm not worthy to be crucified like him. This man stood up when nobody else would. I believe that, that the 11 probably came along beside him. After he stood up, for, I believe what happened is Peter stood up. Peter got fed up and he stood up and he said, I'm going to tell you what's going on here. And you people need to listen. You people need to listen. All of you, you need to listen to what's going on here. And he starts talking about the prophet Joel. This is what he says. He starts talking about the last days, as a matter of fact. It says in verse 17, the last days, God says, I will pour my, my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds and smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He's talking about the last days. And the prophet Joel was talking about the end times when the Lord comes, when, when Jesus comes to set up his kingdom here on the earth. And, and his disciples remember that they, they were begging Jesus, man, is, your, is it time for your, your kingdom to come here on the earth? Is it time now? And, and here we see Peter talking to these people about what's going on, and he says, we're in the last days. Everybody's going, well, that was like 2,000 years ago. Can you, I haven't seen anything happen yet. We're in the last days. We're in the last days. Uh, 
And I'm not, I'm not going to talk about wars and rumors of wars, and I'm not going to try to convince you that what's happening over in the Middle East is, is signs of what's going to happen, the fact that Jesus is going to come back next week, next year, next month. I don't know. I don't know. But I know this. Jesus tells me to be ready for his return. And for those that aren't ready, for those that aren't uh, surrounded by his grace because they have professed Jesus Christ as Lord publicly, so much so that they're willing to die for their faith, for those, it will be very tragic. For those that have done this, they will be saved. And Jesus tells me that I need to be ready for that. Jesus says right here, what the prophet Joel is saying, is he's saying this, he's saying that, that a time is coming, that, it, that an end time is coming. Now the prophets at this point in time, they were kind of shielded a little bit from the fact that what was going to happen is there would be a church age that we live in right now. Uh, we don't know how long that's going to last. These are the last days. You see, Jesus came not to just descend upon the Jews and rescue the Jews, the people of Israel. He didn't just come for that. He came for everybody. And there has to be a period of time where he descended and was known by the Jews, and then he had his disciples go out, and he told them, he said, you're going everywhere. You're going to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and I'm going to be with you when you go through my Holy Spirit. And that's what's going on right now. God is indwelling through the Holy Spirit, dwelling in people, so that he can be known throughout this world, so that he can be known everywhere. You know why? Because he's coming to set up his earthly kingdom. It may not be tomorrow, but it might be. It may not be next month, but it might be. It may not be in the next hour, but it might be. It could be. It could be that that you'll meet Jesus before he returns. It could be that you or a family member will be in an accident in a car today, tomorrow, next month, next year. See, that's the thing, man. We, we think we know. We think we know. And then when something comes along, a tragedy comes along, we lose somebody we love, we lose somebody we know, and we're like, what is happening? Prophet Joseph says, man, be ready for the kingdom of God to be here today. Think like tomorrow the moon will turn blood red. Think like tomorrow there will be darkness that will befall all the earth. Because that's what happened when Jesus was crucified. Darkness covered the earth, man. The earth started groaning. There was earthquakes and just pandemonium on the earth. And, and, and the disciples have got to be like, man, if that could happen back when Jesus was crucified, this kingdom could come at any time. There could be any time when Jesus is here. You need to be prepared for Jesus' kingdom to come, and you've got to be ready for the fact that that day could happen at any time. I need to repeat verse 21 so that the people here that aren't saved, the people here that never profess Jesus Christ, can hear these words. And let me encourage you, if that is you, listen carefully, all of you, that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. He goes on to say, people of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs 
through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen as he prearranged plans carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of the lawless Gentiles, he nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God released him from the horror of death and raised him back to life, for death could not keep him in his grip. Let me tell you something here. I, I want you to see something. He says, but God did powerful signs and wonders and miracles through Jesus Christ. You know that there are some people that deny the reality of Jesus. There, there are some people that aren't here today because they, they deny the reality of Jesus. They deny the fact that the Holy Spirit is doing something in somebody and they say, that's not a God. They're just drunk. There's, there's just something else going on with them. It's just like Scientology or, or Buddhism or, or Islam. There's really nothing going on there. They deny the signs and wonders. You know what Jesus said? He was talking about Lazarus the beggar and the rich man. The rich man, he went to hell. Okay, Jesus didn't put any, he didn't sugarcoat it or, or soften it or water it down. He says he goes to hell. And he's there and he's just begging. And he just wishes Lazarus the beggar could, could put his finger in some water and just touch the tip of his tongue. And God's like, no, that can't happen. That can't happen. You're in torment, eternal flame. That can't happen. And he says, well, at least, the rich man says this. He says, well, at least let me go and tell my brothers. At least let me, let me tell them about this place of torment that is real and you know what the response is? Says, if, if your brothers won't listen to Moses and the prophets, and they're not going to listen to a dead man who's come back to tell them about this eternal place called hell. They're not going to listen. There are some people that are so convinced, they're, they're so trying to convince themselves that it's not of God, that if a dead man came back and walked into this place and started telling about a place like hell, they wouldn't even listen they wouldn't even they would close their ears and they wouldn't listen and they would say, that's something else. That's not really a dead man that just walked in here. That's something else. It's a magic trick. That's something else going on. So many people trying to deny this thing of God. They see the wonders of God, they see the miracles of God, and they're trying to deny it. They're trying to push it aside. They're trying to just say no. And this is what it says in verse 25. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. That sounds like the Holy Spirit, right? I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. This is what Peter says to the, to the Jews there that they say, you can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself for he died and was buried and his tomb is still there among us. But he was a prophet and he knew God had promised with an oath that the one of David's descendants would sit on his throne. This is Jesus he's talking about. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him alone, would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot on the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead. And we all witness of this. 
Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven, at God's right hand, and the Father, and he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you have heard today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, the Lord said to, to my Lord, sit in the place of honor in my right hand, I humble, I, until I humbled your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. This is what he says. Look what he says. He says, Peter's words pierced their hearts. And they said to him, and to the other apostles, this is the question that they asked. They said, so Jesus has victory over, over the grave. Jesus is the one that gives resurrection power to us. Jesus is the one that can bring us to life. Jesus is the only way in order for us to get to heaven, to be there with God, and to one day rule and reign in his kingdom. He says, what do we do with this? He says, brothers, what shall we do? The, the Holy Spirit of God is moving in this place, and the Holy Spirit of God is moving on these people. Now understand that there are some people that did not listen that day. There are some people that denied, and there are some people that, that even when they saw the powers and the miraculous wonders of God, they would not listen. But there are some that did. There are some that said, I got to do something. I got to do something. I can't sit here any longer. This guy, Peter, put his life on the line. He stood up in front of us to tell us about you know, what the Messiah did for us and, and what should we do with this information. I don't know what to do. There are so many people that they, they come to me after a service and say, I need to know what to do. I want to know what it means to be a Christian. I'm going to tell all of you right now. I'm going to tell you exactly what it means to be a Christian. It's doing what Peter did. Standing up and saying yes to Jesus. It's, it's doing what Peter did. He said, I don't care about anything else. All I care about is Jesus. See, some people say that, man, I've got to get my life straightened out. I've got to get everything right in my life, and then I'll become a Christian. Wrong. Wrong. It doesn't work that way. If you try to cleanse yourself from the outside in, it won't work. You know why you're not strong enough? You don't have the ability to. Now, I, I wish I could tell you different. All you got to do is you got to keep going to church. All you got to do is keep praying and read the Bible. Nope, that won't work. You're like, what? Kenny, you're not supposed to say that. Aren't you a pastor? Are we supposed to read the Bible? Are we supposed to pray? Are we supposed to come to church? Yes. But you won't do it on your own. You, you will not do it on your own. It has to be an inside-out transformation. You have to be reborn. Born of the Spirit is what Jesus says. John baptized with the Word. You have to be baptized with the Spirit. The Spirit has got to come and change you from the inside out. You try to do it on your own, it won't work. So what do I tell people when they come down to King? I've got to talk to you, man. They've got tears streaming down their face. They're like crying. What do, I, what do I do? Brothers, what do we do with this information? Repent. Repent. What? What? Say, and... and Sometimes people want me to lead them in a prayer, and I do that. And sometimes I just tell them, man, you need to pray for yourself. And you need to say, God, I know I've broken your heart. I know that the sin in my life has been against you. And I need you to rescue me from that. 
I tell them, I say, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the words you say. It's what you say with your heart. It's what you say with your heart. See, Romans tells us if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And when Paul wrote that to the Romans, I want you to understand that what he was saying is that you need to sign up for death. Because the Romans, uh, a lot of times they would crucify you. Sometimes they would sew you up in animal skins and feed you to lions. Sometimes they would put you up on a post or impale you with a huge pole and set you out there in the center of the courtyard for everybody to see. You see, when, when people in Rome confessed Jesus Christ as Lord, they were setting themselves up for death. And, and when you say, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, it has to be so much in here that, that you are willing to go to the cross for it. It's not just about saying it. I tell them all the time. It doesn't matter what you say. It's what happens in here. It's about what you need in here. Is it real in here to you? And people are like, it's going to have to be. Yeah. The first step is commitment. <laughs> the next is a thousand steps of obedience. You know? It's a, the first step is saying yes to God. Yes, I will. But the next step is just day after day saying yes to God, yes, Jesus, yes. This Holy Spirit comes in to you and you just say yes to the Holy Spirit. It's trying to change and trying to shape you and hold you to be like Jesus. It's not really complicated. It's pretty simple, but it ain't easy. It ain't easy. And I don't want you to, to get a watered-down version of the gospel and think that it is, because it ain't. But I'm telling you this, man. transformative. <laughs> it, it'll blow your mind when the supernatural creation of God starts to happen in you. Some people don't get, they don't surrender their heart and life to Jesus because he'll wreck their life. They don't, they don't give their life to Christ because they say, he's going to mess everything up. You better believe it. Absolutely, he will. He may take away all your friends. And you may not have anybody that likes you anymore. And he, 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 may, he may have family members that resist you, want to kick you out of your house. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that things are going to be great. I'm going to sit here and tell you that, that Jesus says, you give me everything. You give me everything. And in exchange for that, you get life. It ain't, it ain't easy. It wasn't easy for Peter to stand up on that day and say, brothers, listen to me. Listen to me. I'm telling you this because I so believe it in my heart that I'm willing to die for it. He says, listen to me. So it's Peter's words pierce their hearts. So then go to the other apostle, brothers, what should we do? Each of you, Peter replied in verse 38, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will see the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you and your children and even to the Gentiles, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all, the, all his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day. About 3,000 in all. You know what the sad part is? Yeah, the really sad part is there are more than 3,000 here with me. 
more than 3,000. There were some that the Holy Spirit of God was moving in through the apostles, and they're hearing the truth of God, and they're hearing the truth of God's word. God's word preached to a man who would stand. And they walked away. They just walked away. And I believe a lot of them walked away because it was just too hard. They weren't willing to stand up like Peter. They weren't willing to put everything on the line and say yes to Jesus. They just walked away. My fear is somewhere they walked away today. They may stand up and walk out through those doors and they might walk away from Jesus. And the kingdom of God may come tomorrow, may come in the next two hours, and they step through those doors and die. And the whole time they just walked away, all because they were afraid and they just didn't let Jesus get their life. Three thousand people that day said yes to Jesus. They said, Yes, God, you rule and reign in my life. Yes. Transform me, God, like only you can. Let me give you a chance to just say. You don't stand for Jesus like the Apostle Peter did. You put everything on the line. You've never stood for Jesus before. And you've never committed yourself to being a Christian before. And you know that you need to be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a chance in just a minute to stand. If you can't stand in here, how are you going to walk out there? If you can't stand in here and say yes to Jesus in front of a bunch of people that are followers of Christ, if you can't do that in here, how in the world are you ever going to walk out there? And, be, and make disciples for Jesus Christ. How in the world? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And then I'm gonna, I, what I'm going to do is at the end of that prayer, I'm going to come to three and ask you to stand. Father, God, I know that there are people here those who don't know you. They've never surrendered their life to you. They've never said yes to Jesus and and know to the world they've never truly repented of their sins, but your Holy Spirit is moving on those people. Your Holy Spirit is convicting those people of their sin. Lord, it's showing them that they've broken your heart and they've done everything against you. Lord, and I know how convicting that is. I know what a strain it puts on our hearts to feel that way. God, but I also know that there's a sense of pride that says I'm not willing to stand. I'm not willing to say yes to Jesus and no to everything else because I'm afraid of what people will say about me. I'm afraid that I'll look and if I'll look like some kind of Jesus freak. I pray. I pray that they would stand with the boldness of Peter today and say yes to Jesus and they would not be afraid. We don't want to tell them that it will be easy. We don't want to tell them that, that things will go swimmingly for the rest of their lives and they say yes to Jesus. God, we want to tell them the truth of the gospel that it may be what cost them everything. It may cost them their family, their fortune. It may cost them their friends, everybody they know. It may cost them all of that. It may cost them their very lives. God, that's what you command, the living sacrifice to go and do your will. Lord, what you, whatever you need to do to your Holy Spirit, I pray that your Holy Spirit would move and God, it would give the people the courage to stand for you. God, you are powerful. God, we are weak, but you are powerful. God, when we can't stand, you can stand for us. God, I pray for that soul right now. I pray that 
encouraged to stand for your people. This is your time for your Holy Spirit to move. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. If you'll stand for Jesus and say, yes, I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ today. This is your opportunity. Are you at one? I know your heart's beating and you're confused and scared and all of that, but let Jesus transform me from the inside out. Number two. You're ready to say yes to Jesus. You know everything else. Say yes, God, you're worth everything in my life. I'm going to give it all to you. Three, stand your feet. Anybody that's willing to stand, stand your feet. Anybody else that's willing to stand, anybody else that says yes to Jesus Christ, stand. It's not too late. Stand. If God is telling you to stand, don't sit there. Don't walk out the door. Stand. Say yes to Jesus Christ today. Stand for the love of God. Stand. The rest of you stand. Put your hand on one of these people. Put your hand on one of these people. If you have to move around, that's okay. I don't care. Put your hand on one of these people. This is a family. This is, this is a, a group of believers that believe the same thing. And once you do that, once you step out and say, yes, I want to be a follower of Jesus, you become part of a family. When you become part of a family, we love on you and we put our arms around you and say, you're one of us now. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God of this universe, I praise your name for the people that stood today and said, yes to Jesus Christ. God, it is only through the power of your Holy Spirit that this can happen. I pray for these people where they put their life on the line for you. God, thank you so much for moving in their hearts. God, thank you so much for the Christians that surrounded them and were an influence on them because the Holy Spirit dwelt in them. Oh, but God, there are people that didn't stand. God, there are people that didn't stand. God, don't let them be able to sleep. God, don't let them be able to eat until they settle this in their hearts. God, thank you. Continue to use your Holy Spirit to convict them. We want them to be rescued. We want them to be saved. We want them to be part of our family. Oh, God, please do a great work. Thank you, Father, for these new members of our family. God, thank you for what you did today. What you're going to do for these people and commit their life to you. God, we are so thankful. We are so thankful. Jesus' name. Amen. You make your way back to your seat. I am uh, incredibly grateful for what God has done. Overwhelmed with thanks. 
behind terrified. The hundred people didn't stand. If that's you, and the service is over today, come find me. Find me. I'll put you in contact with another Christian. I'll talk to you. If we have to stay here until Tuesday, until you, you, you understand what it means to be a follower of Christ, I'll stay. If nobody else will stay, I'll stay. We're going to have a time where we're just going to celebrate what Jesus did here. We're just going to have a time where we lift our hands and praise and worship. Love God. Try our best to love Him back for the way He loves us. God inhabits the praises of His people. Let's just praise Him. Everybody, please stand.
conviction of the Holy Spirit is overwhelming the heart. And Lord, I just praise your name for that. God, I pray as we go into this time of you. Lord, we just give that your Holy Spirit needs us to give. Whatever you need to do in this place, it's all for your gospel. So, Lord, you just, you show people what they're to do. We love you. We're so grateful for how you continue to use this church or for your glory. All the glory belongs to you. Thank you for this time of you. Jesus' name. You can be saved. Great 
typically what we do is we have an exit song that we play as a part of the We're not going to do that today because I need the people that have professed Jesus Christ as Lord in their life and need them to come and sit down here so I can tell them what the next steps of obedience are. If you didn't stand, but you know you should have, you know the Holy Spirit of God is going to you that you should have stayed, stood, and just stayed with us. And I can tell you what it means to be a Christian. If you're a family member of one of these people that stood, I encourage you to stay with them. If you're a Christian and you just want to be an encouragement to somebody, stay and sit beside them. I see you just come and sit here in these chairs, the first few rows of this section right here. And let me just talk to you for just a minute. I'm going to pray. We're going to do this next. Father, Lord God, thank you for what you did with your name. I thank you for the souls that you rescued. I thank you for what you continue to do for the power of the Holy Spirit. God, this is not a human origin. This is a supernatural power that you supplies with. That we fully acknowledge that all the glory all the praise belongs to the King of Kings. So Lord, now, as we go out of this place, God, for those that should have stood, I pray that they would stay, and I pray that they would give their lives to you. For those that did stand, I pray that they would come here so we can talk about the next steps, which is exactly what Peter laid out, which is to be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. God, we love you, and I thank you for today. So in Jesus' name I pray.